Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the AP Oddcast. We are getting close to the end of the semester, which is crazy. And talking about crazy, we had quite the crazy experience with our extravaganza this past week. And I wasn't able to personally attend, but my co-host Jack was able to attend. How was that, Jack? Yeah, well, first of all, hi, everybody. Jack here. Extravaganza was amazing. I think we really needed it, and I feel like it's setting us up to go in a really good direction. I just had a really good feeling after it. That I couldn't, it, it just stuck with me. It was something very new and different. And talking about things that are new and different, we've had some alumni on this show, but never anybody who is just an alumni. We had advi- we've had advisors, but not just alumni. Today, we're changing that up and we're going to have our guest, Jake Ender, who is an alumni of the Alpha Gamma chapter. Hey, Jake. Not happy to have you here. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Right. Doing pretty well. So for our listeners who don't know you too well, why don't you give us a little bit about you, you know, when you graduated, what you majored in, and what you're up to now? Well, so my name is Jake. I was a Rose, which means I pledged APO in the spring of 2016, graduated in the spring of 2020, and some more background on just my time in APO. I was up for very, many different various positions, um, ranging from VP service to PT, PT buddies, sergeant at arms, but at the time it was called senior coordinator, and a few co-chairs here and there. Okay, okay. What did you major in while you were at Purdue? So I majored in interdisciplinary engineering, and I minored in management and history. Okay, that's a very interesting uh, set there. Why did you choose those specifically? So I came to Purdue, like I feel like half of the student population does, especially when you're out of state for an engineering program. And while I still enjoyed the science, technology, and maths of it all, I wasn't totally sure of what specific like specialization I wanted to do. And so I found the multidisciplinary interdisciplinary program at Purdue, which honestly was the greatest thing ever because the people in the program are amazing Uh, the professors, the advisors were great. And I found like a second home or I guess a third home. APO is my second home. Let's get that out there right away. (laughs) And the way I was able to kind of like make my own major just really fit what I wanted to do. And for management history, I've always been kind of a history nerd. Took all like the APs in high school. I did debate club in high school and it it kind of happened like randomly. I kind of realized I stumbled upon a management minor and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go all the way. or a history minor and then management minor I decided my last year to do and I did all those six classes uh, my senior year you had some extra time yeah (laughs) yeah I feel that with the major though I I'm also in a major that's very like nebulous in what it is exactly so I understand that completely yeah overall what has post-grad life been like for you it's been interesting especially with well everything going on I'm still trying to find my first like career path outside of kind of being a college student. I have kind of steered away from the engineering side and I'm actually going, trying to go into more of a data science, data analyst role. So I've been doing a lot of job searching on 
a bunch of the job boards and everything. I've been taking some classes through Coursera on data science and data analytics. I've been teaching myself mm. Python and all that fun stuff that I probably wish I learned while at Purdue. But other than that, I've just been hanging out, hoping I can finally start seeing people in like person, but obviously staying safe when it comes to that. Yeah, I've I've seen stuff about like Coursera and stuff like that and teaching yourself stuff. I'm really interested in that kind of stuff. So what would you uh, tell people who's like interested in getting those kind of education experiences for yourself, not because you need to? I think it's a great route to go. I've, I've actually been telling a few people that are kind of unsure of what they want to do after college and also people that have graduated and kind of like, maybe I don't want to do this, maybe I want to learn this, that Coursera and other websites like it are really great. The I'm specifically taking IBM's data science and data analytics program, a professional certificate, but they have the widest range of courses you can I, I've ever seen. Everywhere from like STEM to like history and just things that like you can use to either like change your career path or learn a new tech trade to just like general, I just want to know more in life type of things. So I would definitely recommend it. It's really, it's really helped me because I, obviously you can learn a programming language on your own, but taking it through a set program is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So what do you miss about Indiana? And what are you glad that you don't have to deal with anymore? Well, I definitely add everything in Indiana. It's the corn. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing else I could think about besides missing the Indiana corn. But really, okay. it's the people, especially the APO family. <laughs> the last two years of my time in college, I literally lived in a house of people with that were all in APO. And like, I mean, I was in APO for nine semesters and I, I think you guys and, and anybody that was in the fraternity when I was there know that it was my life. It was something, that it, it was my home away from home. Speaking more to your time at Purdue, what was your favorite memory just in college in general? Ooh, that's a good one. Does it have to be APO related or anything Purdue? Not a, yeah, any. Oh, rushing the field during the Ohio State win. Nothing <laughs> better. Nothing better. That was the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. I, I actually, I still have grass from it. I uh, took like grass from the turf and put it in my DS <laughs> my DSK box. So I still have grass from the Ross Aid field. That is pretty sweet. I thought you were going to say you put it in your DS box, like a like you had a DS with you and you just like stuck it in there. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going to go with that. Yeah, no, I just like had it in my pocket and I was like, I need some place to actually put this. So I had the box for the DSK and I was like, okay, this is going to go in there now. So we at the API podcast have been gathering together a group of classes that we think are some of the best classes on campus. And we want your opinion on what you would add to that. In listening to the podcast, I already know the history of rock and roll has been mentioned. And I'm just going to put out mm -hmm. a secondary, yes, take this class if you have the ability to. It was an amazing class. 
I was able to take it with a brother, Ben Kelly, and it was phenomenal. But uh, another class that I would definitely recommend, and this is also going to be a history class, is this was offered once and then kind of, I don't know if it's going to be offered again, but if it does, definitely take it. It was History 302, Hamilton the Musical. As I said, I kind of stumbled into a history minor, and that was because I took History of Rock and Roll, I took Hamilton the Musical history class, and then I took two constitutional history classes. So those four classes were my minor. So I kind of definitely walked into that minor, but the Hamilton course was just amazing because it was musicals and history. You can't get anything better. And the professors were amazing. That's awesome. What sort of advice would you have for underclassmen that are just getting started at Purdue and want to make the most of their time here? I think it's get involved early, especially if you're out of state. Um, As somebody from the suburbs of New York, going all the way to Purdue is a very, is a culture shift to say the least. And it was really hard my first semester finding that like sense of community. Luckily I had, I was a part of a learning community, the Epics learning community at Purdue. So I had that friend group, but I wasn't in the living option with them. So I didn't really get as close as I wished with them, but I did find some great people on my floor. But it wasn't until my second semester when I joined APO, I finally got that sense of community. And it finally, like, it made me feel good about the choice of going all the way to Purdue to continue my studies. Something else I would definitely recommend is, like, especially if you're in a tough major, is make sure you're taking time for yourself. Your mental health is very important. Obviously, try and keep on top of your studies, but like, take care of yourself. That is the bottom line. I like that. So how did you find APO? So I joined the second semester, and that was after a lot of pestering from one of my best friends back home in Syosset, who went to the Gamma chapter at Cornell. And she joined her first semester as a freshman. And then every time we went on break, so Thanksgiving and winter break, that's all she talked about was her time in APO. And I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. And so I found, somehow I found the call out and I met two people there, Anna Francis and Divya Vimpati. And we kind of hit it off right then and there. And We weren't really sure if we were going to join, but we decided to all go through it together. And we, the second we joined, we were just hit with like a million, well, not a million, but like, you know, I mean, a bunch of people that are just wanting to be your friend. And it was such a welcoming atmosphere, especially being this out of state students on this big campus that I didn't know. I have never been in the state before. And it just, it just felt like home instantly and so i definitely like thank my friend all the time for introducing me to apo mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people had very similar apo yeah initiation stories where they got pastored into it yeah i know especially as somebody who was involved in the pledge program i know based on the data we constantly take that a lot of people come in from other people which is probably our biggest mm-hmm. selling point is we just keep growing this like army of everyone that wants that has ever been connected to APO. 
You mentioned the pledge program, which is a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you. What was your specific pledging experience like? So when I pledged APO, it was the chapter itself was a lot different, but pledging wasn't totally different. It, um, I was in a 16-person pledge class, and it was a bunch of people from a bunch of different majors, a bunch of different areas around the world. And we were kind of like all very like shy, nervous. And then it, just like any other pledge classes, until you get to pledge overnighter. And that's when it clicks. And I think pledge overnighter and overnighter and all those big chapter events, you really get to grow with each other and you develop this sense of community. Like, I know I keep talking about this sense of community, but like, I mean, it is what it is. It's this family that you become a part of. Well, I surprisingly, when I pledged, I wasn't actually that much involved in APO at the time, as opposed to what I was recently. But it was definitely a thing that got me through the door and kept me there. Okay. You, you got yourself in the door. You really stayed there. You really set your roots down there. What was your favorite position that you held in APO? Pledge trainer. Pledge trainer. Easy peasy, like no hesitation. Like I loved my time as as senior coordinator. I loved my time as VP service. PT buddies was great, but nothing will beat being a pledge trainer. I would say it's the most rewarding position in a way in which you can see all your work in the future get like rewarded. And like currently right now, Lindsay and John were two of my pledges and now they're pledge trainers being able to see the pledges that you were the pledge trainer for, the ones you you saw them initiate, you saw them go through that whole process, and then you saw them blossom into presidents and VPs and other PTs, and it's just this, it's just amazing to just experience. I was fortunate Louis semester to actually be on eboard with a bunch of pennies. And that was such a great experience, just getting to see them all in these official, like, very, very highly responsible roles in APO when not that long ago, they were these baby, like, pledges. Speaking to developing within the chapter, what sort of skills do you think you developed with your time at APO? So I think the first one I definitely think I, one skill is just, self-confidence obviously i i wasn't the most confident person when i came into apo but by the time i left it i it, apo instilled this confidence in me and who i am and what i want to do in life and i think it helped that not only did i have all these leadership roles where i was able to learn special skills related to project management and organization and operations but I was confident in my ability because not only did I do them, but I saw results happen because of the decisions I made. And being able to, one, stand in front of a room full of new members in an organization and be like, hey, I'm going to be your friend. This is where we're gonna go for the next 10 weeks. Welcome to our chapter and just, this is APO. It, it takes a lot of confidence to get to that position. And I didn't think I was going to be there when I first 
became went to Purdue fresh, my freshman year. But by the time I graduated, I it it was insane how much I've changed. It was all very like natural. It didn't feel weird. Basically. It it was very gradual because the more positions I took and the more people I talked to and the more events I went to, I was able to just grow and grow and grow. And it, it was just, it was a natural progression. So was service something you were always passionate about before joining APO or was it not really a consideration for you? Before joining APO, I, in a way, did a few service projects here and there. I was in this organization in high school called Tri-M, which was a music honor society where we did a bunch of service projects like playing at nursing homes and hosting um, what we call NISMA in New York. It's like their music thing. Every state has it, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, they have one here too. But I never really had the ability, I wouldn't say ability, I guess, I never really went out of my way to do service as much as I did once I got into APO. And it was something I was interested in doing more. And once I was able to do it and do it with people I enjoyed doing it, doing it with, it, I fell in love with just doing, having, <laughs> I fell in love with serving others and doing these service projects. Speaking of, enjoying the things you did what was your favorite event that apo held Ooh, that's a good one because th- there's a lot of different choices you can have for that i would say the overnighters are what sets our chapter up for success it's definitely the overnighters both pledge on active they both have so serve their like individual purposes the pledges is more membership based and getting the pledges to get anointed with themselves and with each other and introduce them to fraternity and just kind of break down the barrier of like kind of being unsure of where you stand in the chapter well overnighter has a more traditional role where we do our traditions we have prs we have scout zone i don't think i've ever been to an active overnighter where somebody wasn't crying because of a scout zone it's that one time we're all together and we're all under that like one banner APO. It's just something beautiful. So we talked about an event you loved, but more specifically than just an event, do you have a favorite APO memory? This is going to be very cheesy, but (laughs) it's okay. I've been asked this a bunch and my answer since the fall of 2017 has not changed. It was, that it, I can still picture it in my my in like my memories is um, standing in front of the chapter during the initiation ceremony for the pennies and just watching all of the those faces that I've just spent the past like ten weeks with like helping welcome into a chapter actually become initiated into this this family I had and being able to just like welcome them into his fraternity. And also we completely butchered that part where we like do the, I don't know if I'm able to like divulge what we do, but the thing with the thing that everyone messes up, but it was hilarious at the same time. The thing with the thing. Yeah, the thing with the thing. That's understandable. Yeah. I mean, everyone understands what the thing with the thing is. Of course. 
What sort of advice would you have for our newer members in the chapter that maybe want to get more involved or don't really know what to do starting off? So the, the saying that everyone goes to is you get what you put in an APO. And I do love the sentiment of that, but I think it's a little flawed. I think what you put in, you get out five times, 10 times, a hundred times more. The amount of opportunities you get by just being a part of this organization is insane. And the more you get become more active, the more leadership roles you take on, the more time you hang out with brothers, it's just going to gradually increase the the experience you have while you're in this fraternity. Makes sense. Makes sense. So if you could make a new APO event, project, etc., basically a new APO thing, now, what would it be? Ooh, wow, that's a that's a I good one. A that one. is a good question though. So if anybody knows my time in APO, one of the things that I will always say is go to these, go to conferences, go to meet other people from other chapters because there's so much you can learn from that. And one of the things that happened at a conference I went to is a regionals. It was the last region six conference before the regions got realigned. It was a bunch of current former and future e-board members that were there all met up in this one area of this hotel we were staying at. And we had this e-board round table and everyone was able to say what positions they had and just like what their chapter does in that position and give advice to other chapters. And then we broke off into specific positions. The presidents went one way, service went another way. And I think Having an event like that where people can reach out to other chapters and learn from other chapters' experiences is the easiest way to solve issues that you think are impossible. I know our chapter has run into issues. I know other chapters have run into issues. Every time I've been to a conference, a chapter has said, hey, this is something we've been going through. And another chapter or we would go say, hey, we experienced something like that. This is how we solved it. And you guys work together to solve the problem. So something where people from other cha chapters can reach out, like an inter-chapter event or an inter-chapter inter e-board roundtable. That'd be really neat. Yeah, it's a pretty solid idea. And now we've talked a lot about Purdue and APO and that sort of thing. But outside of all of that, what are your favorite hobbies or activities? So when I'm not reminiscing on my days long of Purdue and APO, as you guys know, I play a lot of D&D, &D, watch a lot of sports. I've been I've probably watched at least a part of every single game of the March Madness so far. Opening day, well, I don't know when this is getting released, but opening day was yesterday. We're not going to talk about the Yankee score, but going to do great. Other than that, I cook a lot. I've been trying, I've, I started cooking a few years ago and I've been trying to just do more and more recipes. So I think cooking is something I really just, I just love doing that. It's fun and you got to eat the rewards. There's nothing better than that. So 
we talked, you, you mentioned D&D, and because this is basically slowly transitioning to a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, which I'm okay with. I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to... Do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience in playing in Dungeons and Dragons, specifically with your APO brothers? Yeah, so I started, actually, I learned how to play D&D through Michael, who I guess became like the dungeon master of Mm -hmm. APO for a while. He taught me, I think it was Love Semester, it was all the loves actually playing, and I was one of their PT buddies, and they they already had a Lost Minds of Delver campaign going on. And I joined that with my dumb half-elf ranger who is just literally a caricature of Legolas. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I was so glad when uh, Noah, your brother, came and was like, hey, I'm going to run a campaign. Because the D&D group had their campaign going, but it was kind of like hard to get involved that because that's been going, that was going on for so long. Yeah. So when Noah came and he was just like, Hey, I'm gonna run an Eberron campaign. And I was like, I never done Eberron, but that looks really fun. And that was the best campaign I've been a part of. I mean, it, it was my first campaign I was a part of, but it was still the best. I it was I just I loved everyone's characters everyone made. And then just the way it went, it just worked beautifully with like everyone's characters. And obviously we killed the bad guy, so we won. We won. For the best. We won and it was great. I, I just want to say this, Jack. I love the relationship between our characters. Oh my gosh, we had the best time ever. Our character, I was team mom and you were team dad. And it was beautiful and lovely. We just had like six like chaotic children we had to look after. I was so in love with it. I feel like Zaid was the source of most of the chaos because at one yeah. point he turned me into basically a refrigerator. So that was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, so I'm actually on a server in Discord and Zaid is a part of that. And he has a character called Meepo, who is a yes. goblin, wild magic sorcerer. And I can't, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen more chaotic more chaos come out of one character before he killed my wizard's familiar in his first session. And I would, I just want the world to know that. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. He is the agent of chaos. If you have never, for, for people who are listening, if you have never had the pleasure of meeting Zaid, <laughs> I hope that you do because he is, he's a man. He is a legend. And Zaid, if you're listening, we love you. We love you so much. Absolutely. Got to make sure he listens. I'll bother him about it eventually. Bother him about it. (laughs) So one of the other things that Adam actually started last episode was a list of movie recommendations. I know we talked about, or y'all talked about the Studio Ghibli films. But what about you, Jake? What kind of movies do you enjoy? What would you recommend people watch? I, I definitely, I watch a very, very wide range of them. I feel like there's a bunch of films that definitely just need to be watched by everyone. I think my favorite film right now is still Spider-Man Into the Mm -hmm. Spider-Verse. Just the animation style and just the the, story of that was phenomenal. And I will die on the hill of that is one of the best movies I've ever seen. But hmm, I'm trying to think of other really just good movies I've watched because, I mean, I've been watching a lot of movies lately. Yeah. 
Sorry, this might take a bit. That's okay. <laughs> Can I like go on my Netflix and like figure out what is my recent history? Because I kind of just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that if you haven't already, watch The Lord of the Rings because those are the greatest movies ever made. I actually do need to watch those. Uh, this is just going to become like Jake recommends watching every fantasy movie slash like marvel movie ever made so mm-hmm. i'm just gonna like end it with and if you haven't and i'm gonna judge you if you haven't the princess bride is <laughs> it is a classic of course yeah i feel like i'm a fantasy nerd and i haven't seen lord of the rings which i feel like is some kind of cardinal sin that i probably need to correct at some point but oh well. they're, they're just so well made like they they stand the test of time and they were made how long ago? Like a dec, two decades? No, that's not right. Yeah, Turn of the King came out in two thousand and three. Two thousand and three doesn't seem like it. Two thousand one. When you say two decades, I'm just like, what? That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> Fellowship came out two thousand one. Yeah. That's oh god, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it so weird. Wow. Do you need any more seconds with Netflix? Oh, yeah, I'm on the okay. Netflix right now. What have I... We can cut out some time in between here if we need to. Yeah. While you're browsing that, you mentioned Marvel. Are you in Keeping Up with Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I don't have Disney+, Plus and I'm still mad about it. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to say, because I'll have a full podcast episode dedicated. I haven't watched Falcon <laughs> and the Winter Soldier yet, but I'll have a full... I would have a full podcast episode dedicated just to talk about. I couldn't hear you because Netflix started autoplay. <laughs> it was just blasting through my ears. That's fair. I was just saying I would have a whole episode dedicated to talking about WandaVision. Because Scarlet Witch is the best. And WandaVision is amazing. Okay, let's see what I've got to listen to. I think a good one for a rom-com I've seen lately, Set It Up is underrated. It's like a Netflix one that came out a few years ago. It's actually pretty good. I'm I a fan. I've heard of it. Okay, I think that's a good amount of movies. I'm going to close out Netflix. It's making my computer yell at me. <laughs> Okie dokie. So, so we had kind of an interesting adventure there through, uh, through movies. And I'm sure all y'all listening won't even hear the half of it where we've just sat around going through Jake's Netflix. Now we have our ever-famous ever unpredictable desert island question so ready if you were on a desert island and there was only one type of animal that lived on the ant on the island what animal would you want it to be dogs that's a good choice i i mean i feel bad if i said anything other than dogs dogs are great can't go wrong with dogs for sure. You just have to make sure that you're only eating the plants on the island then because oh, that does okay. open up also, a weird question. Like... I'm not saying you have to eat that the animal that's on the island with you. I'm just saying you definitely have to address that. That if you're going to have True. you need to decide whether you want it to be an animal that's a good companion or an animal that's good and easy to eat. So here's a compromise. Cows. They're just big dogs but you can eat them. <laughs> I say this as a guy that has never been near a farm. I was going to say, I'm sure that's probably very wrong. And I'm sure. But yeah, you know what? You know, live your truth. Live your truth. Cows are just big dogs. 
Actually, I want to clarify. I live like three blocks from a farm. There's a farm like down the block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cows are just dogs. That's that's what we said. So you know, on that note, on that beautiful, beautiful note, thank you so much for joining us today, Jake. It's been Thanks a fantastic time talking to you. And thank you, all of our listeners, for tuning in. Be sure to stay tuned to hear about upcoming episodes. And this has been BIP Podcast.